there's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Texas Tech Red Raiders for the second time in three years are headed to the College World Series. Welker takes it at the 11. New routines pave the way. Welcome in, everybody, to the Talking Tech Podcast, powered by Guns Up Nation, part of the Guns Up Nation Podcast Network. I am your host, Stephen Rodriguez, my co-host, Tristan McGonigal. Tristan, what a classic it was on Monday night. Yes, it is quite the classic in the fact that I lost a few years off my life. You know, yes. Uh, yes. double overtime in Lawrence, Kansas is good for the ticker, ain't it? No, no, it's not. No, it's, it's, uh, it's not. No, yeah, it, uh, heartbreaker. In, in Lawrence, um, the Red Raiders drop one, uh, 93 to 90, I believe is the final 94 to 91. I knew it was something in that range. Uh, either way, it was we an have L. the technology. I know, either way, it was an L. Uh, Texas Tech fought till the end. Um, I wanted to jump right into that because Tech, this basketball team is different, and I mean that in a way that. They never give up. Um, we saw Texas Tech down by, what was it, 11 points with four minutes left in this game? As low as 12. Yeah. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. There, sh- there should have been no chance we were in this game with how poorly Kevin McCullough played, how poorly Terrence Shannon played, and the fact that we were down double digits with n- – just a few minutes left in the game and we managed to squeeze our way back in force overtime, go into double overtime at Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, you know, talk about taking an L and, and, you know, that stinks and we feel bad and everything like that, but uh, this team fights till the end. And that's what they proved last night. Agreed. I mean, talk about stepping up. They, like you said, there's an infinite amount of fight in this team. And even though Terrence Shannon and, and Kevin McCuller, they really, really dropped the ball, but the slack was taken up across mm-hmm. the board and just an insane performances across the board, uh, season highs even. And just it's, it's so great to see us fight tooth and nail to get there, but it was indeed heartbreaking to watch us let it slip through our fingers whenever we had it. Like we, we, mm-hmm. we there was plenty of uh, times where we were shooting ourselves in the foot and we just really couldn't just string together multiple good runs. And it just, it was frustrating, but man, was it also amazing. It was, it was a tale of two stories. It really was. Well, you talk about, I mean, the number five team in Kansas coming in, they're playing at Allen Fieldhouse. That is mm-hmm. the best, you know, home atmosphere, probably in college basketball. Um, and their star player, Ocha Agbaji, scores 37 points. And this game went to double overtime, and we almost won and probably should have won in that first mm-hmm. overtime. I mean, that's the kind of team that we are rooting for here at Texas Tech. And, uh, uh, you know, I guess I guess we should start uh, with Kevin McCullough and Terrence Shannon because those two go uh, a combined two of 21 from the field. Um, just absolutely brutal performances from those guys um I still thought they were they were you know their usual selves defensively I actually think Terrence Shannon had a great defensive game uh down the stretch when uh he kind of shut down Agbaji there and we made our comeback to force overtime but and McCullough's always good defensively but offensively these guys were just they just really struggled this game what is with TJ Shannon's hero ball attitude whenever the game is getting really thick, it's down to the wire, and you really need some smart play. You need some good teamwork. He just what is with him turning on this hero ball that he doesn't seem to be capable of consistently nailing? I mean, I it's it's he's obviously a very talented player. He's the you know, he's everyone says he's the best player on the team. But what is with him with trying to put up these NBA distance? three-pointers for no reason. You know, whenever you have all the time in the world to work into a into the paint, pass it around, and make something happen, 
why is he jacking up these three pointers that could that could have potentially put the game away? Like, well, what is what's going through his head to think that he has to do this, especially with the way he played? He had a terrible game. Why does he think he can shoot through it? I couldn't I just I couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah, I think it's a it's an issue that we've seen the past few years at Texas Tech where um, we're not calling timeouts at the end of games. We're just letting our guys go. And uh, I mean, this has been debated for a long time. Uh, defensive defensively, it you know catches the defense off guard. Sometimes it doesn't allow them to really set uh, for a potential game winning shot. Um, but we've let this happen for years now. We've let our guys just go. Uh, at the end of games. And it, it happened with Mac McClung. It happened with Jamias Ramsey at times. It happened with Keenan Evans at times. That's always been how this team is, has rolled. And I, I disagree with it in a lot of ways because it hardly, we hardly ever get a good shot. Um, and we've seen it now with Terrence Shannon in the Providence game and in this game that it, he's just taken bad shots at the end of it. And Mark Adams needs to call a timeout. Um, we need to set up a play, need to set up an offense. I don't care if it lets Kansas set up their defense. Anything is better than Terrence Shannon going up three feet behind the three-point line and yeeting up a shot with three guys on him. It's just that can't be your best shot. And I don't blame him for the one in double overtime where we had to get a three to tie the game, you know, whatever. But uh, that shot that he took at the end after Agbaji tied it in the first overtime was just unwarranted. I mean, it's a, it's a stupid shot. You drive to the basket. That's what you do. Because guess what? You're probably going to get a foul. And if not, everybody's going to drive to you and try to contest that shot. And you kick it out for a three-pointer, and you probably had two to three guys open. So um, it's an issue that we've had at Texas Tech for a long time, and I don't know if it's just – I don't know if it's like a trust thing where Adams just feels like he needs to trust his team to make the right decision, but it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked for a long. It's worked one time, maybe twice. If you're talking about the Keenan Evans buzzer beater against UT, or you're talking about the Mac McClung buzzer beater against UT. I mean, that's the only two times that it's really worked. And other than that, uh, we've had a lot of games where we have just not taken good shots at the end of games. Where, but where's the resistance coming from from the coaching staff? Like you said, why was why wasn't there a timeout made? And I, I get it. If if TJ is feeling himself and he's having himself a night, I I agree. Maybe just let that hot hand stay hot. But and they don't interrupt it. But you see TJ drive down the court. He has the ball the entire as far as I remember the entire time he has this, the ball on the on the offensive side of the court. How does the coaching staff not recognize that a player who is ice cold in a bad way on from its shooting percentage wise that night? Why do you let him take that shot? How do you not immediately call for a timeout? I, I, I don't understand the resistance. I, I get that, you know, like you say, you want to have faith in your guys, but I don't think it's not having faith in your guys calling a timeout. It gives yourself, it gives your guys a chance to breathe, clear their heads, and put together a play to win the game. I, I, it just seemed frantic. It just seemed like we felt like we were losing the game at that point and we we're just getting desperate. It, it just felt uncharacteristically ba- unbalanced to me. Yeah. And I mean, especially on the, on the overtime one, not the, not the double overtime one, the, the one after Agbaji made the three, it's like, man, that's a tie game. You have nothing to lose at this point. Like don't put up a terrible shot, try to run a play and do it that way. But you know, I, I, there was a lot of people that had a lot to say on Twitter after last night's game, uh, a lot of negative, but uh, a lot of positive as well. Um, I think, you know, we have to, I trust Mark Adams more than I trust anybody. So I'm going to let him coach the way he wants to coach, but man, it's frustrating seeing TJ just shoot these shots when he does not need to, and he's not making it. And you're not finding Bryson Williams, who has been absolutely unbelievable all night. Um, it, it's frustrating. Look, we we have a we have a boxer as a head coach. He knows how to take blows, and every time we lose a game, we we don't let it get to us. We head right into the next game, full full steam ahead. So uh, you're right. I have full full confidence in this coaching staff. I think we're mm-hmm. going to walk into Saturday and blow Mississippi State out, I, or maybe no, maybe not blow them out, but obviously we're going to get things done. But uh, obviously, we got the negative out of the way. Is mm-hmm. there anything negative? that we need to get off our chest anymore, or do you think we should move into 
some spectacular performances out of this game. Well, Kevin McCullough had a bad game. I mean, this is a guy who's been really consistent pretty much his entire playing career at Texas Tech. And uh, he just had a bad game. He he wasn't making the right decisions on the offensive end. Uh, He had some stupid fouls where he was reaching in when he didn't need to. Um, passes that he just could not make that no. I don't know why he he tried. He was missing everything. I mean, taking bad shots, but uh, so everybody's allowed a bad game every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Kevin McCuller had a bad game, and just, I, I'm not worried about him at all, though. <laughs> it just sucks that uh, two of your star players, the two leaders on the team, have both have a horrible game at the same time. And the mm-hmm. thing is about playing Kansas in Lawrence is everybody has to be on point. Everyone has to be firing at all centers. Everybody has to be clicking. And the plays have to be running so smoothly because this is one of the hardest places to win in all of college basketball. You are going up against the blue blood of blue blood in their house where, you know, sometimes the calls do seem unfair. But, you know, that's just the home environment reflecting off of the game. And it's just you can't you can't go in into this game. Have those two players play like they did and expect to win. And the thing is, we did way, way better than we should have with their performance. And that's what shows the grit in this team, that it's more than just those two. I'm so glad that's the case. But, man, it's just I really hope they remember this in a, in, in a good way, that, like, we, we got to do better than that. And I know they are. So there's just a, there's a lot to be desired there. And uh, hopefully that's just a, a move on sort of situation. Yeah, this game is just kind of how how you look at it sort of thing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we had two of our best players have the worst game of the season for probably both of them, uh, and you only lost by three in double overtime at Allen Fieldhouse. So you can look at it that way, or you can look at it as our two best players didn't step up to the play when they needed to. Um, so, but that let's get the negative out of the way because uh, I know I trust those guys. I trust TJ Shannon. I trust Kevin McCullough to bounce back and have a – and you know, keep moving forward. And it's just one game uh, in the toughest atmosphere you're probably going to play in all season. So, um, you know, let's move on because we need to talk about Bryson Williams. Bryson Williams has been the most consistent and reliable player since big 12 play started for Texas tech. He was, he, he was unstoppable this game. He, he, what he go 14 of 19 from the field, 33 points, five rebounds, four of four from three, I mean, he was unstoppable. Kansas had no answer for Bryson Williams. This podcast has never said a single bad thing about <laughs> Bryson Williams. Not once in my life have I ever doubted his ability to take the next step at the at the next level. Not once was that ever a concern. <laughs> I just want to know who the hell in Kansas pissed off Bryson Williams because he went in there on a mission and that was to kill some Jayhawks. That's for sure, man. And he scored a third of our total points. He is the reason why, or at least the biggest reason why we stayed in this game because boy, was he automatic, whether it was those delightful hooks or the automatic threes. It's just the dude was all over the place. He was a Swiss army knife last night. And I'm so proud of the way he's evolved because he's kind of turning himself into a threat. And we might have to start having the conversation about who really is the best player on the team because this dude is exploding. Yeah, absolutely. And he played great defense as well all night on. Uh, I mean, he was bullied. He's got a huge guy in McCormick down low that he's got to deal with a seven footer, massive guy. And he dealt with him really good uh, defensively. And, uh, you know, this team defensively is just another level because the big guys that can go out and switch on the smaller guards, no other team in the nation has bigs that can do that. And Bryson Williams can do that. O'Banner can do that. Sano Silva can do that. And Bacho can do that. And that's, what's so impressive about this defense. I think, uh, or the, or the thing that impresses me most is that our big guys can stay in front of their small guards. And, uh, but back to Bryson Williams, um, just masterful. It, it was it was a masterpiece of a game. Uh, and his three best games this year have come against Kansas twice and Kansas State. So somebody in the state of Kansas <laughs> has pissed off Bryson Williams. I don't know if he has an ex-girlfriend there. I don't know if he just uh, – he hates Kansas. And I am 100% here for it. And there's only a few dozen people that live there. So just the odds <laughs> of this happening, they're just not there mathematically. But yeah. boy, am I glad it happens. 
um, it, just our performance to look forward to. Just you're really seeing why we we got this amazing transfer from the portal because holy cow, is he turning into a work for, a workhorse? Because if we can keep this reliability out of him, he's going to be the guy that people are circling in their locker rooms. Like mm-hmm. you've got to, to be drawing up defensive plays against, and that just opens the book for everybody else as well. So as long as this guy stays scary, I there's not a single team in the country that we can't go up against. And now here's the next step is when teams start double teaming Bryson Williams, because that's going to happen. He's got to find the open guy and we have to have guys cutting to the basket, getting easy layups. That's how the flow of the offense needs to work because teams are going to be game planning for Bryson Williams after seeing these types of mm-hmm. games from him. So uh, that, that leaves more room for TJ to get open, more room for McCullough to get open, Davion, Adonis, whoever's in. So, uh, I mean, this is a, just a masterpiece from Bryson Williams. I also thought Kevin O'Banner and Davion Warren had great games as well. Uh, KO was kind of non-existent in the first half, but he made his presence known, and that set was a huge part of that comeback effort that we did to force overtime. Uh, still hit a huge three. I know his three hasn't been on all season, but uh, I, I tell you what, when he made that one uh, at the end of regulation, I, I'm 100% in on Kevin O'Banner shooting the ball Every time he shoots it, I'm fine with it. I really am. This guy is only overshadowed by Bryson Williams last night. He had a great game, and he was mm-hmm. he's second in scoring on the team last night. And you're right that that three he made at the end of regulation it was just perfection. As because as soon as it left his hands, I think we all thought it was going in. Like he just has that kind of shot, and it, he nailed it. It was the juice that we needed to get right back into the game. And like he is just he's been so versatile. I know I just said this, but man, he he could he, he's a great defender, and he can. He's a consistent scorer as well. I love what we're seeing out of KO. It was, it was a Bryson and KO show last night. Yeah. And it really was. And everyone else, I mean, you said Davion Warren, of course, had a great game as well. But mm-hmm. whenever, it comes, whenever it was star power, it was definitely those two. They definitely took the cake. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Davion hit a big three at the uh, end of regulation as mm-hmm. well. He got a few good steals. He drew a charge there. So I think defensively, he had a really, really good game. But, you know... Uh, when you when your two star players score seven total points, uh, that's that's tough. But uh, these guys held it down. Um, I also thought Stano Silva and Bacho had great games. I thought Marcus really brought it at the beginning uh, when Kansas had a lot of momentum. You know they're coming out. They started off really strong. Uh, Stano Silva came in, had two big blocks, had a steal, mm-hmm. uh, hit a layup. I mean uh, he was really good. Bacho played fantastic defense at the end of yep. the what was it? The I think regulation mm-hmm. uh, when Agbaji had a chance to win it in regulation. And uh, I mean, he was fantastic. I thought Daniel Bacho played really well. Um, and Malik Wilson, I thought had a pretty nice game. Uh, he had some good moments, uh, especially defensively, he had a couple blocks, uh, nice steal or two and, and hit a few, hit a few shots. Wish he made that clutch free throw there uh, at the end to put us up four, but he made one of them. So free throw shooting continues to be, a, uh, a tough spot for this team. Hopefully they can figure that out. But um, I thought we had a lot of dudes play a really, really good game outside of uh, McCullough and Chan. Yeah, I agree totally. At the beginning of the game, the big men were all over the place. The big mm-hmm. men really shined and we needed it. Like you said, they, they really disrupted the Kansas Jayhawks uh, offense big time. So because they really muscled and bullied their way around and it was, it was needed because Kansas plays so fast. They are so fast it's unbelievable how athletic they are and how quick they move on offense it's scary because in in their their scoring ability is just frightening and i hate like i said on the last time we talked about kansas i hate being reminded that we're playing kansas it's a spectacular basketball team those guys did a great job disrupting it and i absolutely agree on the others it's just uh the the bench showed up and some uh some more support guys showed up but Again, it's just kind of it's kind of a game of like you said. Is it the stars that blew it, or the others that shined? And it's just hopefully it's just a game you can move on from in a good way. Yeah, and I mean you got to give credit to Kansas. They played they yeah. played a great game. Uh, I mean Abashi was unstoppable mm-hmm. at thirty seven points, and dude, it, every time he shot it, I thought it was going in. And uh, I mean he's one of the best players, not only in the Big Twelve but in the country. Um, I, I still think even when Agbaji goes off like this, the fact that you still have a chance to win, I knew Ocha Agbaji was going to have a good game this game. I knew, He scored 19 at the game in Lubbock. I mean, he was still good then. He's going to score. The guy is too good at basketball <laughs> to – you can't shut him down. And so 
I think what Texas Tech really tried to do is make sure the other guys didn't beat them. Make sure guys like Christian Brown and Jalen Wilson and McCormick and uh, Remy Martin, even though I thought Remy Martin had a really good game. I'm not sure why self didn't play him more there. I know he's still dealing with an injury, but um, I, you know, Brown, Brown was four of 13 from the field. Jalen Wilson, three of 10 from the field. Uh, Harris was two of 10 from the field, but um, you know, with, with a masterful performance, like what Ogbaji gave us, uh, I thought McCormick had a pretty good game. Uh, KJ Adams off the bench for them. Uh, he had some really clutch moments. Got to give him credit. Lightfoot had a few good plays. So, uh, you know, Kansas is, <laughs> they're a top five team in the nation, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, and then they're playing in their house. Kansas at home is, is a different animal. So I, I think if you play this game on a neutral court, I think we might see a different result, but um, you know, credit, credit to them for getting this win. Hey, I mean, home games and college basketball, there's like, there's no, there's nothing more important than winning those. And I will, I must say, you know, the Kansas only conference loss is to your Texas tech red Raiders. So we can sure. still hang with them. I mean, it's clear that the Kansas Jayhawks are 100% the favorites to win the Big 12, and they absolutely have national championship hopes. And if we can keep running toe-to-toe with teams like that, I have all the trust in the world, in the world that maybe we can still keep the Big 12 trophy hope alive. This game kind of hurts that a bit. But at the same time, we can still have a lot to look forward to come March, uh, especially with the way we can just – we can stick with literally anybody because this is – Kansas could easily be number one in the country as well. So it's just this, that's just the kind of teams we've been playing. And I like overall, I like what I saw. You know, we had no business being in double overtime with some with, with how a lot of the game went. Uh, just a lot of clutch moments and a lot of amazing step ups. But all in all, you, it's hard to be mad about this game. I'm glad that we, I'm, I'm pretty happy about the result. Obviously, I would rather a win. But all in all, man, I, I think that's probably about it. How do you feel in conclusion? Yeah, I mean, I I feel good ultimately. There's not there's not a part of this where I where I come out feeling too too bad about how this team looks. You just you you beat them in in Lubbock and you almost beat them at Allen Fieldhouse. So splitting the series with Kansas is always a good thing. Yeah, they're out of the way. Anybody that says you know like the the Big Twelve title race is over, we have a lot of games left, mm-hmm. guys. Kansas has to play have to ah, Kansas has to play Baylor twice. So. You know, that's could be two L's right there. They still they I mean, they play Iowa State. They play Texas. They play Oklahoma. I mean, it's the Big 12, man. Anytime you're going on the road in the Big 12, it can be considered. They almost lost to Kansas State a couple days ago. So any anybody that's saying this like Big 12 race is over or anything, no chance, no chance at all. Hey, hey, I like I like that where they're only lost, but it'd be cool if they started losing a little bit more. All right. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. We're going to need some other teams to step up here. Yeah, we want a chance at this. But I think I think you can't you can't look at our performance and, and be upset about no. where this team is at. No doubt. Not at all, man. All right. So I think that wraps up that game in Kansas. I think we got to talk about the one in the USA. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, I mean. What can you say? We go ahead and take care of business against the Mountaineers. Obviously a good team every year. It's a Bob Huggins team. Um, And we really took care of business. It's good to see us just put teams away at home like this by double digits. A team, uh, it was a game I was never that concerned about the entire time because it seemed like anytime they would get anything going, we'd just respond and shut it down. Uh, But what are your, what are your initial thoughts on this? Well, um, West Virginia had a great game from Taz Sherman. That dude made everything. Mm -hmm that night. And we still, we just weather the storm. That's what this team continues to do. We weather the storm, no matter if we get a a scoring output against us, a guy goes crazy. We managed to stay in the game and that's why, what makes this team special. But uh, yeah, I was never really concerned. I'm I'm not going to be really concerned uh, at home. I really, I'm not, this crowd brings it. uh, This team brings it whenever they're at home. We have a serious home court advantage. And I think we have a real argument for second best home court in the big 12 and maybe second best in college basketball. So, um, you know, I, I think it's hard to beat Allen Fieldhouse. They go insane over there, but we our, our crowd absolutely brings it. And even for this 11 a.m. game against West Virginia, uh, you know, we still had a big crowd and had a lot of people show up. So um, hyped to see that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we just took care of business. This was a, a nice game from Shannon. Um, yeah, it was. 23 points in this one. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this, you see the good of Shannon and you see yeah. the bad of Shannon in these last two games. And so, uh, we hope to find the good part a little more consistently. Um, I think we will, as we play, you know, easier opponents, I say easier, but you know, uh, it's still, 
it's still a tough league, but uh, I think Shannon fares a, a little better against these West Virginia types, these TCU types, these, you know, uh, Kansas States and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, this was nice to see. It, it, it really felt like he was back and fully healthy again. Yeah, for sure. Huge props to y'all that showed up early in the morning, the freezing West Texas cold yeah, in the wind, just to get inside and get a good seed. Mad props to y'all. Y'all are why our fans are so amazing. Uh, but yeah, dude, this is this is kind of the game that you're like, okay, TJ's back. He feels mm-hmm. good. He feels so good. He's back in the in the zone. Um, and he had a spectacular game. He showed that he is the best player on the team. Uh, just it's unfortunate that he couldn't string it together. Maybe it was just playing at home. He was able to feel a little more comfortable in himself. But do you know who was mad consistent? Dude, Kevin O'Banner and Bryson Williams both had good games. Like they mm-hmm. did that was two great games in a row that they've really shown that they, even though they've transferred to this program and are only here for a year, it's they're they are an integral part of it and they're why we win these games. It's just it's so great to see, especially at a KO against West Virginia, just a spectacular game. Yeah, O'Banner has been our most consistent guy, maybe besides Bryson Williams, like he just said, mm-hmm. uh, these last few games. I mean, he's his rebounding effort is just insane. Uh, everybody kind of everybody kind of, it went under the radar how good Kevin O'Banner is as a rebounder. He was really good at Oral Roberts, averaged almost ten rebounds a game over there. Uh, you know, had had a couple double doubles in the NCAA tournament. So uh, you know, this dude can rebound, and he always grinds down low. Um, even when the three point shot's not falling and, and right. it's not falling and, uh, you know, he's finding ways to be effective and that's what the good players do. So, uh, yeah. And he was named, I think big 12 newcomer of the week mm-hmm. last week. So, I mean, well-deserved he's, he's a fantastic piece of this team, uh, defensively. He always stays in front of his man. He hasn't, he doesn't let guys get by him. Uh, and Adams trusts him and, and he's coming into his own and, and I am, <laughs> I, I, Arkansas fans, Uh, they better be upset because uh, they said they didn't need this guy. They said, we're a final four team, no matter what. Uh, Well, I think they could use a little Kevin O'Banner right now. That is for sure, man. And just something that sticks out to me with KO is quiet effort. The Mm -hmm. effort is nonstop, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's not exactly like in your face. It's just so consistent. He goes in and gets job and and gets the job done. no, no uh, bells and whistles about it. And yeah. that's what I love about it. Uh, that's just kind of a Mark Adams team in general, I would say, but a great win. And when a West Virginia always puts together a solid squad and I want to make sure that we keep home court undefeated. You got to get those home court wins for, mm-hmm. for the postseason hopes for the trophy hopes. So I love what I'm seeing right now. And we do get to host again on Saturday. Do we want to go ahead and get into that? Let's do it. Big game uh, in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, which is taking place this Saturday. A lot of good games on the docket. We are playing the Mississippi State Bulldogs. We have already beaten Mississippi State in a sport this season. If (laughs) you do not remember the the Fantastic Liberty Bowl, let's go 2-0 against Mississippi State. Would be lovely. Absolutely, man. I'm sure the Mississippi State fans are going to be so sick of Texas Tech after (laughs) Saturday. They're like, please, I don't want to see the double T for at least a year. So, uh, you know, a decent squad coming out of Starksville, you know, they're, they're 13 and five, they're four and two in conference. It is the sec, but the sec isn't that bad. They're pretty solid. Um, but the Mississippi state bulldogs haven't won a single game away yet. They've only won their games at home and they've only, uh, won games on the road in the neutral sites. So they're about to see a game day atmosphere that is quite that doesn't really play to winning on the road i would say we were just we were just bringing that up with the west virginia so a fun matchup it's it's i'm kind of it's kind of fun to do football and basketball against them and kind of get a sweep on among sports there um but i'm excited about this you know the sec big 12 challenge is a fun thing i hope we keep it going uh and what are you do you have any other thoughts on this going forward on it yeah i mean well mississippi state's best win this year is alabama at home and alabama is not even ranked anymore um they've lost to ole miss and florida at, at away games they're only two true road games this year uh both both of which those teams are, are not very good um you know they've lost to minnesota they've lost to louisville who is not good this year so uh mississippi state is kind of a hit or miss they've had some good showings they're, they're kind of a senior-led program. Uh, they have Garrison Brooks, uh, the transfer from North Carolina, who seems like he's been in college basketball for about nine years now. Uh, but he's been pretty solid for them. 
Uh, Iverson Molinar, I believe is how you say his name. He's been their most consistent offensive weapon this year. Uh, Shaquille Moore and DJ Jeffries can both score the ball. So uh, they have some explosiveness on this on this roster. But, uh, you know, I, this is a different beast going up against this Texas Tech defense. And uh, this is probably going to be the most uh, rambunctious environment they are going into. Mm-hmm. So I expect Texas Tech to take care of business this game. Uh, not really have any issues. The one thing I don't want them to happen is uh, is for Texas Tech to overlook this one because we do have uh, the return of Chris Beard on Tuesday coming up after this game, and and I you know I, I know our home crowd's going to show up. It's at five o'clock on a Saturday, so uh, we're going to have people there. It's going to be crazy, but I don't want our team to overlook this game uh, because they're looking ahead to Texas. Yeah, you just said it. I mean, I, obviously their minds ha- are on next week in that sense. But with the atmosphere that's going to be in the USA, I don't know how the players don't walk into that arena and don't wake the heck up with how loud it's going to be, how much energy is going to be behind them, how much they cheer when they score and, and play good defense. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I don't think that's going to be an issue with a, a Mark Adams team either, because like we always say that this, this team fights nonstop, no matter who we're playing, no matter what the, what, the end result looks like it's going to be. We seem to just keep nailing our way into every single game. I tell you what scares me about Mississippi State, though, is they blew out Final Four ready team Arkansas in Starksville. <laughs> so, <laughs> in the SEC opener. So, I, I know Hog fans will tell you that a Mississippi State ain't playing around. That's national championship level stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess a lot of teams are national championship level stuff if that's what Arkansas is. <laughs> I, I so wanted to play them this year in this challenge. Oh, oh my that God. It's so funny. Oh, it would have been wonderful. They're, they've actually picked it up a little bit these last couple. I mean, they haven't played anybody. They played AM and they played South Carolina, both of which are eh. AM's actually okay this year, but um, oh, they beat LSU. Okay. That's a decent win. But no, Arkansas has been eh. But uh, there are some other interesting games in this match. I, I'm curious because. This challenge always ends up like five and five or six and four. Mm. There's never like a blowout when it comes to this. And so, um, you know, Tech Mississippi State, I'd, I'd give Tech the advantage there. But uh, talk about some other games. Kansas Kentucky is going to be a good one. It's going to be an Allen Fieldhouse. So you got to give Kansas the edge there. Uh, mm-hmm. Kentucky's a really good team, though. But I know Ty Ty Washington just got hurt, and I'm not sure if he's going to be available for this game. So that's going to be a factor. But you got to give Kansas that one. Uh, Tennessee and Texas will be another good one. We've already beat Go balls. We've already beat the volunteers this year. And how <laughs> sweet would it be if, uh, you know, Tennessee goes into Austin and, uh, beats old Chris Beard. So, uh, they got to yeah. show them who the real UT is. Yeah. Listen, go big 12 in this challenge, but go Vols in this. Yeah. Game. <laughs> the one, the one out of all of them. Yeah. Go Vols. Oh, no doubt. I'd love to go. What? N- eight and one, nine yeah. and one. Absolutely. Uh, and, and then Texas is the only one, but uh, yeah, that should be a good game. I think, uh, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee grinds it out. They're a good defensive team. So uh, hopefully they'll pull out a win there. Um, TCU and LSU. That'll be a good game. Still not sure how good TCU is. I, I just don't know yet. Uh, they're playing Texas tonight. So again, go Horn Frogs. Go Frogs, uh, baby. Go Micah Peavy. Yeah. Go, you know, I, I root for him. I root for him. It's hard for me though when I see them on on a different team. Like it I've is. seen Tyreek Smith, I've seen Micah Peavy, I've seen Kyler. Kyler Edwards is absolutely killing it for Houston mm-hmm. right now. Uh, but you know, you you wish you kept a guy on your team like that. But uh, you know, I guess we root for him. Yeah, you know, if his feelings can be sour, but about mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and it, it hurts a little more whenever they transfer within the conference and he transferred to you know an in-state rival like TCU, but. It's not like he went to UT, right? It's not like he yeah. followed Chris Beard to UT. And you know Chris would have absolutely welcomed him at, in Austin. So I'm, I'm glad that wasn't the case. So I'm 100% cool with cheering for Micah PV this evening. And, I mean, with Kyler Edwards, I, I'm just mad about the way he went about things. I'm not so mad about the players transferring out, if you know, whenever, they, whenever Chris leaves, you know, the coach relationship and all that. But the way – obviously with the way he left that – left a bit of a sour note. But since he's in Houston, we won't see them maybe until, like, the tournament, if that's the case. So it's it's hard to be mad at him. I and mean, it's hard not to, see, you know, be happy for his success. Yeah, I mean, I I actually would argue that I'm most upset about the Kyler Edwards one, and it's just mm-hmm. because of the way he left, you know, right. announcing he was coming back and then going back on it in a day. That was kind of messed up. I don't blame Micah P. I don't blame anybody for leaving this team from last year. You know, you get a coaching change that's bound to happen, but 
it is funny that the only person that followed Beard to Texas is Avery Benson, who has played about uh, two and a half minutes this year. So, and and I mean, Avery Benson kind of went about it pretty poorly as well. You know, he looked like he was really going to stay too. You know, he went to Mark Adams's uh, announcement and all that, and mm-hmm. uh, just like you said, I think you think he has a job lined up in Austin after this, right? <laughs> he does. That, that's the only reason he's followed Beard everywhere. He followed mm-hmm. him from Little Rock to Tech. He's going to follow him back to Austin. I mean, he's got a job lined up with Beard, but. Yeah, uh, you know, Avery Benson, you're dead to me. Whatever, guy. <laughs> I used to like you. I know you're never cool. You're you're never cool. I didn't I didn't like the shtick. All right, no. I didn't like the whole I'm your Huckleberry shtick. Okay, not at all. Not at all. No, I did. I did when he was here, but I don't anymore. All right. No. It fits better at Tech. I mean, it, what, Austin. It no. All right. No. And anyway. No. Anyway, yeah. we anyway. will. We will discuss that guy over in that city later. Steve and I are planning on dedicating an episode to it, basically. So do yeah. not worry. This is not the preview for that. Uh, but anything else to say on the SEC challenge here? Uh, no, just some good games. It's always fun to watch these. I mean, it's throughout the entirety of, of Saturday. So we'll have a Big 12 SEC challenge game mm-hmm. on pretty much all day. Ours happens to be at 5 o'clock, so we're one of the last ones. Uh, a lot of them, some on at 11 a.m., some on at 1 or 2 that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, go big 12, except for, uh, Tennessee, go balls. Um, <laughs> but let's move on. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty up and down week of basketball, but, uh, you know, overall just hyped about where this program is at and how we're fighting in every single game and how we're looking overall, you know, uh, but let's move on. You want to talk a little Patrick Mahomes? I mean, I, I, do we have, hold on. I think we only have like 13 seconds left. what the hell dude are you kidding me patrick (laughs) mahomes 13 seconds are you surprised though i am 13 seconds i mean i know i i understand that no magnificent incredible but if there's anybody in the nfl that can do that that can make 13 seconds seem like an eternity it's patrick mahomes it's so funny whenever uh you know Buffalo, uh, Buffalo gets that score at the very end. Uh, uh, Allen throws a spectacular pass to the end zone. It looks like, you know, they seal the game in normal circumstances. But everyone's like, did they just leave too much time for the Kansas City Chiefs? And they did. It's yeah. hilarious. It's amazing. And it, it's just, it's so cool to watch moments like that happen live because that's absolutely one of the greatest playoff games anybody's seen. Oh, yeah. That was one of the best playoff games of all time. And there's no doubt about that. I mean, both guys were absolutely fantastic. Josh Allen had a really, really, really good game. Uh, But, you know, Mahomes is going to do what Mahomes does. And this guy, you cannot count him out ever. I mean, you give him 13 seconds, he's going to make it happen. Uh, And then, you know, you go into overtime, you win the coin toss, and nobody was going to stop either team. Whoever won the coin toss was going to win that game. And that was just (laughs) what it was going to be. So, uh, you know, people were talking about changing the overtime rules and everything like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I stand on it. I think, uh, I think it would be cool to give, to keep that game going and to give Josh Allen another chance to come back and score again. Uh, but you know, I, I, I just, it's, it's hard with the time constraint stuff and, and everything yeah, like that. Right. You know, that game probably would have gone like that A&M LSU game a mm-hmm. few years ago that went seven overtime. So I'm not saying that would have been a bad thing. I would have loved to watch it. I would have stayed up all night to watch that. Those two teams go at it. I just think it's crazy. Like the, the the rule that just blows my mind in the NFL is how if the team that gets it first gets a touchdown wins. Yeah, like that's just crazy to me. Yeah, like how, how much of an advantage it is just to win a coin toss in that situation. It doesn't seem very fair, and, and really, it doesn't. If the other team doesn't even get a chance, which is kind of how the sport works, is you take turns trying to score, and they don't even get that turn to score. So yeah. I mean, I get I get people upset with it, and plus we got robbed of, of of awesome football but if, if the super bowl is anything like what we just saw it's going to be a great postseason yeah i mean some people would argue that buffalo's chance was to you know stop them in 13 seconds yeah. <laughs> and so you know they they would they had a chance there and they had a chance to stop them in overtime i know nobody was going to stop patrick mahomes but you had the opportunity that is um, that's fair so, you know, it, it's just kind of how you look at it. I don't know if you should go to – I don't know if college overtime is better than NFL overtime. I think that was just a fantastic game. And, uh, you know, both those teams deserve a lot of credit. And uh, I hope those two go at it for a long time. 
Absolutely, man. It's so good to see a guy that says Texas Tech University, whenever they introduce him. You know, and <laughs> he's viewed as the best quarterback in the country. And I hope we milk it and ride it as long as we can. I did have something. I did have something. This is from at Micah Adams 13 on Twitter. So I wanted to give him credit for this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will be making his fourth conference championship game start. That is the same number as Troy Aikman and Steve Young. It's one more than Drew Brees and Dan Marino. It's two more than Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan. Uh, By the way, Patrick Mahomes is 26 years old. That is crazy to be in the same conversation as as, as those guys and be even or better at this point in his life. The dude dude is just special. He's different. And we've always known this, but he's she's showing the world that this he's just a truly built different to use a cliche phrase. Yeah, no, he's he's a joy. He's a pleasure. He's uh, just just a wonderful alumni of the school <laughs> that we went to delivering football happiness where there is little to a fan base that is thirsty for it. That is for sure. Yeah. And, and when, when Josh Allen made that, uh, when they completed that last touchdown before the 13 seconds, I was like, Oh, it looks like Patrick Mahomes never left Texas tech. And then of course they go in 13 seconds. I mean, it's just, it's stupid. There's no more words. There's no more words for how good Patrick Mahomes is. And I'm going to, I'm going to be cheering him on for the rest of the season here, man. It's just so great to see. Yep. No doubt. Uh, but I'm ready to be wild even more. Yes, yes. Root for him against uh, old Joe Burrow and the Bengals next. And then, uh, you what know, a fun beat, matchup, though. It is. Two, Two great young quarterbacks, quarterbacks again. the futures, you know, that's yeah. cool. Yep, no doubt. I mean, uh, I don't even know if you can say t- futures anymore. Well, you talk about, I, I heard this on a podcast today, and, and you just talk about four young, great quarterbacks that are going to be the face of this league moving forward Mahomes, Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen. They're all in the AFC. Mm-hmm. So, NFC, man, you better, if you're a young and up and coming head coach or something, go to the NFC. Do not stay in the AFC. Don't go to an AFC team. Don't be coaching there because you got four absolute monster quarterbacks in that conference. I'm not going to lie. After we're saying all this, the cheap Steeler games just seem so symbolic now. You know, with with Patrick Mahomes routing Ben Roethlisberger, one of the Mm. former greats of that, of the last couple decades. And just it's like it's a new dawn, it's a new era. And you're seeing it with the whole you're seeing it with the whole playoffs because Brady loses. There's there's yeah. rumors that Brady's gonna retire here. Rogers loses in Lambeau. I mean, you're just seeing out with the old and in with the new this year. Without question. It's fun to see, you know, for people our age, but I mean it's probably like a wow for everyone older. It's like, oh my god, the, the football I grew up with is completely gone, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So fun, fun NFL playoffs. That was probably the best weekend of, of NFL football I've ever watched. So um I went to the same school as Patrick Mahomes. I did too. Same class, did you, even. Did you did you know Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech? I, I I've heard that. I saw I I heard it on the on the broadcast. I was like, wow, that's a coincidence. I did too. I saw a great tweet that said, you know, Patrick Mahomes is probably the greatest Texas Tech baseball player of all time. I saw that too. Uh, <laughs> wonder who tweeted that. I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't be us. No, but, no, um, sir. Had had a couple things before we get to song of the week. Uh, Brandon Boyer Randall entered the transfer portal uh, for Texas Tech linebacker. He was a transfer from Michigan State. He played sparingly these last two seasons. Actually, thought he was pretty good. Um, in his time that he, in his snaps that he did play. Uh, but he has decided to transfer. Uh, you know, you hate to see that from a linebacker uh, because we're losing so much of that position this year. But uh, obviously this kind of late in the process, you got to think Joey McGuire wasn't really guaranteeing him, mm-hmm. you know, the playing time he probably wanted. So I can understand that decision from him looking to move on, try to get some playing time in his last year of eligibility. Yeah. I was about to say, I mean, if, if it was, he was, you know, disgruntled with the coaching staff. He probably would have entered the transfer portal earlier. Like if he felt he was committed more to a Matt Wells than he would be to a McGuire. But since you, like you said, it took a couple months, it looks like perhaps the depth at that position starting to make him a little uneasy. And so it looks like he's probably going to try to get a bigger slice of the pie somewhere. And, you know, props to him to go, go for it. But it's kind of a bummer to lose some more veterancy in that position. So it's going to be a lot of young guys stepping up. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be a whole new, Linebacking core minus Krishan Merriweather next year. So yep. uh, excited to see how uh, Joey and the Rooter uh, managed to coach those guys up. Uh, we also did get a 
quarterback commit class of 2023, Jake Strong coming in uh, to Texas Tech. Uh, nice first quarterback of the Joey McGuire era. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm trusting any quarterback Kitley wants. Yes. I mean, Kitley, you know, Kitley takes Bailey Zappi and, and sets an NCAA record. I'm going to, I'm 100% putting all my poker chips on his decisions without question, much more so than any, uh, offensive coordinator, coordinator under Matt Wells, I guess really just David Jost. Cause I mean, obviously we would have trusted Sonny as well, but Kitley is clearly a Cliff Kingsbury junior, a quarterback whisperer. So I'm excited to see what this kid can do on the red and black. And he's coming in at a good timing in 2023 when you're going to start looking to get some, uh, freshmen in at that position. So great get. I'm, he apparently had some great interest from like Texas A&M, Penn state Baylor. So I'm 100% cool with taking them over programs like that. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, looking forward to see him get on campus here in the coming year. And, uh, you know, just hyped about it. First uh, first big quarterback commit for Texas Tech under Joey McGuire and Zach Kitley. So hashtag um, let's go. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I did. I had I had one important message that I wanted to announce to uh, the listeners here. And it's it's one thing. It's something that needs to stop. Uh, Texas Tech fans on social media, the ones that call our rivals stupid things, uh, they just, (laughs) they think it's an insult and it's not. So I see far too many Texas Tech fans referring to the Longhorns as TU. I see far too many Texas Tech fans referring to the Aggies and spelling it A-G-G-Y. This is dumb. This is stupid. Stop doing this. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with you because all we're doing is we're just taking the dumbest insults that Longhorn fans and Aggie fans use for each other and just appropriating them for our use as well. And I, I make fun of those fan bases for using those words because that's the worst trash talk possible. You're misspelling yeah. the name. How is that an insult? Like whenever they use, it's the same thing as people using T-C-E-H, whenever they're talking about tech. That's so dumb, guys. That's 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 so dumb. It, it, all, all that says to me is, like, you're probably above the age of 40. Yeah. Even, I'm not ripping even, on people above the age of 40, but that is some, like, middle-aged trash talk right there. You're If you're listening to this, you're a treasured listener, no matter your age. But if you do refer to the University of Texas as T-U or Texas A&M as Aggie, A-G-G-Y, uh, please can reconsider your life choices. Um, that needs to stop. It's not trash talk. It's just ridiculous and stupid. Please consider LOL Kansas with Longhorn fans. Yes, and- do that. <laughs> I'm all for it. Just refer to the uh, Kansas beat Texas in football. Great. Awesome meme. What's and- not a good meme is saying, oh, they're Texas University. They're just <laughs> a Texas University. Got them. No, you didn't, you idiot. That's stupid. <laughs> And uh, you know you, you don't even know where to begin with A and M. Endless amounts of things to laugh oh, at. Yeah. Endless oh, yeah. of things to poke fun with them with. So please let's let's retire those and and perhaps find something else. Yeah, absolutely. So just a just an important message we wanted to get to y'all uh, next public week. Service announcement. Yeah, public service announcement. Uh, next week we are going to give y'all an episode, uh, probably releasing on Monday, uh, strictly. Texas coming to town and Chris Beard's return to Lubbock. Uh, we're really excited to talk all about that. That's basically what the episode's going to be. We'll probably recap the Mississippi State game too, uh, but that will all be in next week's episode. So we're not going to do much of that today. Uh, but let's end it off this episode with Song of the Week like we always do. Tristan, what's your Song of the Week? All right, for my Song of the Week, I have a guy that is our age. He's a young man in his mid-20s. His name is William Beckman. He is coming up here in the Texas country scene. Uh, he's recently been uh, taken under the Randy Rogers wing, which is a good thing for him. Parker McCollum was under Randy Rogers' uh, management for a while, and then he exploded as well. And this kid has an amazing voice. Like, he's a singer. You know, with a lot of musicians, they're not they're not exactly like amazing singers, but they just mm-hmm. they know how to write music and produce it. But this guy has got pipes. His name is William Beckman. He is a young man from Del Rio, Texas. And I got to see him live. He opened up for uh, Randy Rogers and Parker McCollum in Oklahoma City. And holy cow, did he own that arena with how he can sing. He is a singer. I'm going with his song, Bourbon Whiskey by William Beckman. Classic country music. Darling, you won't be on my mind at all. 
because I'll be busy drinking bourbon whiskey. All right, man. Uh, again, another artist. Don't know, uh, but hype to see him. Uh, you know, if he if he can open up for Randy Rogers and Parker McCollum, I imagine they see some in him too. So uh, that's cool. Good, good for you for shouting out the younger artists. For sure. What do you got for us? I have something completely different as, as normal. <laughs> um, this is something referring to our basketball team because a Mark Adams team does not quit. Uh, they will keep on grinding until they collapse. My song of the week is Till I Collapse by Eminem. Just a classic, uh, classic bop. Uh, get you hyped up. Pump up song of all pump up songs. Uh, listen to it while you're working out. And everybody knows it. Till I Collapse is a fantastic song by Eminem. Uh, this song is exactly what Texas Tech basketball does. They grind until they collapse. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm just hyped about it. I'm hyped for Texas Tech basketball moving forward. Uh, this song always gets me hyped. Till I Collapse, Eminem. Till I collapse, I'm spilling these raps long as you feel them to the day that I drop. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Cause when I am not, then I'm gonna stop pinning them. And I am not hip hop. And I'm just not Eminem. I like how with Song of the Week, we either do pretty much the same song yep. or polar opposites. Yep. <laughs> we have to switch Today's it up. a polar opposite. Today is a polar opposite. I do not see uh, Eminem and uh, your guy over here uh, collabing anytime soon. <laughs> no. But, you know, I guess it would be interesting. Uh, I, I don't really see it happening, but I, I would agree. The <laughs> word would be interesting. It would be interesting. Um, but, man, I think that's it for this week's episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we're going to end it off like we always do with some plugs. You can follow both me and Tristan on Twitter. Tristan is at Tristan Mick. I'm at L underscore S underscore Rodriguez. Follow the pod on Twitter at Talking Tech Pod. You can follow our Songs of the Week playlist. It is on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, we'll send a link in uh, in our Twitter. And, um, you know, just uh, we appreciate you all listening. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We're on every platform you can think of. Uh, and, you know, let's just end it like we do. Always Reckham Tech. Reckham Tech. Uh, wow. First of all, uh, got a lot of respect for Stephen and Tristan. Uh, their program, tough guys, just uh, a lot of fun. I love the game of basketball, but also love West Texas. And I love Stephen and Tristan. I'm extremely proud. Well, I don't know where we go from here. I'm, I think I'm just going to sit back down. It's just not getting better than this. I would like to thank uh, Stephen and Tristan. This is incredible. These guys have a passion and a love for this school. Raider! Raider! Raider!